This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. everybody my name is dr jamar tisby and i'll let my co-host i guess introduce yourself <laughs> i'm dr nancy wang but we're just gonna call each other jamar and nancy today. there we go there we go <laughs> okay well here we are back again um it, we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. The Rings of Power, yes, the Amazon series. As we record this, um, only the first three episodes have come out, so it's still in process and progress. If you don't know much about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, I'll start. You add in whatever I miss because there's a lot here. Yes. So, first of all, based on the J.R.R. Tolkien books, which were then optioned into movies. You had the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Then you also had a sort of prequel, which is the Hobbits trilogy, which led into that one. Um, although the Lord of the Rings series came out first, then the Hobbits came out. Now this one is coming out, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, as like a, a super prequel, because it happens like thousands of years before these other stories. Hobbits don't even exist yet. Hobbits don't even exist yet. That's how long ago it is. Um, we'll talk about the Harfoots a little bit. Um, so this is telling the story of how the rings of power came to be. And in particular, the one ring to rule them all, which is what the Lord of the Rings series is about. So it, it, it takes place thousands of years prior to the movies or the books that everyone, um, that a lot of people are familiar with. And what's also uh, unique about this is that it's not a theatrical release. This is a series on Amazon Prime Video. The most expensive the ever, most expensive. billion. Yeah, a billion dollars. Yeah. I think they they've contracted out for five seasons. So over the course of that, it's going to be well over a billion dollars and by far the most expensive series to date. So what's 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 fascinating about the series? Some characters are familiar. Some characters are brand new. So. Um, one of the main characters, Galadriel, is um, an immortal elf. She appears in the Lord of the Rings series, but here we get her her younger self, you know. Um, and more warrior self, really, compared to the self. kind of ethereal, well, she's still ethereal, yes, but the, be, the, yeah. the Kate Blanchett version didn't yes. seem as warrior-esque. That's right. That's right. She 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 had she had gained some wisdom with her millennia of life. <laughs> um, or perhaps we are reimagining women as possible <laughs> soldiers now. <laughs> very good. Very good point. There's also Elrond, who's, who's a younger version of himself who appears in the Lord of the Ring series. So, so anyway, they're they're telling the story. Um, this is supposed to take place in the second age of Middle Earth. The first age was this chaotic battle and good against evil. The second age is supposed to be this time of relative peace. But what's happening is there's a growing evil. Not everyone knows about it yet, but you see signs of it. Villages decimated, Galadriel on the hunt, all of these things, and they're so they're. They're, they're, they're building up. This is going to be a multi-season buildup, apparently. But they're building up to, oh, the evil's back and it's taking on a new form. So right now in the first three episodes, we're kind of getting acquainted with the characters in the multiple storylines. Did I miss anything? 
It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Um, I think the one thing that we will be talking about um, is the kind of controversy that uh, apparently it's got too many people of color, but we think perhaps differently than, <laughs> than the people that have been attacking the show. And I, I, I think I shared with you when we first talked about doing this talk about uh, Lord of the Rings is that the three Peter Jackson movies, mm-hmm. the only characters of color were orcs, played orcs. Um, uh, most of them were um, indigenous, you know, Australian, the Maori um, actors, and and none of the other leads, none of the good guys, none of the even like, you know, guys that weren't evil (laughs) were portrayed by any people of color. So, and, and so it's very, very, it was like, you know, comparing to a representation that was zero to only bad, which is, you know, the kind of worst fears for people of color Mm -hmm. that were either invisible or were evil and both were happening in those movies. And then also that, you know, this is very canonical, right. Mm -hmm. In terms of Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, I think most of us grew up reading the Hobbit. It's like assigned to us uh, school children. And also very early on, I think maybe middle school. Yeah. So very formational. Right. And a lot of us, um, maybe we uh, read it and then we saw some sort of movie. So whether it was, I think there was maybe an animated cartoon. Yes, there was. Yeah, and yeah. then the Peter Jackson movies, all white, right? So we're thinking that Middle Earth is white. <laughs> Elves are white. Hobbits are white. You know, maybe even monsters. I mean, they're everybody was white. Probably have a British accent if they're a monster. British, yeah, British, absolutely. British accent. So white, white, white. Not just like <laughs> not U.S. white, but like colonizer, <laughs> colonizer, imperialist white. <laughs> so that's um that is kind of the 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 reasons why I think partly why people feel so yeah. very strongly that this should be white because. They were middle schoolers when they were right. first exposed, or maybe right. even younger if they had, you know, if they were already born when the Peter yeah. Jackson kind yeah. of epic, right? That was like, I think there were no other movies. Really, everybody was just waiting for Lord of the Rings, right? Because they were fantastic. They were so amazing. Like the the music, the the many, many characters, the, the yeah, special yeah. effects. Everything was beautiful, it perfect, really was. and epic, and feeling like I think. There hadn't been any fantasy movies that were like it prior. Mm, And then Mm -hmm. even since then, I feel like, you know, people are trying to throw things and try to make things happen. Yeah. And um, and so I think this is Amazon's attempt. Right. So and I think you're bringing up such a great point about, um, number one, why the movies were were so successful. Uh, They were built off of these books that hold a special place in sort of. one's nostalgic memory. I personally didn't grow up reading Lord of the Rings books. I got more exposure, interestingly, as I got to know more white Christians. Mm. Like it was their thing. Um, Because like Tolkien is apparently a a person of faith or was, and there's all these sort of religious themes and spiritual elements woven throughout. And I think it was seen in sort of conservative white Christian contexts as Oh, almost like a C.S. Lewis kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's fantasy, but there's religious themes, so it's okay. Not like a Harry Potter or something. Of that book nature. burning, book burning. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so right, that really, wizard. This wizard's okay, but not the wizards in Harry Potter. Isn't that interesting? Because <laughs> somehow, because that wizard is, I don't know. 
I know. I, <laughs> I'm not sure what the difference is. That's another episode. <laughs> we need to delve into that. Um, so I didn't grow up with it, but I understand the sort of nostalgia. Like this was, you know, we read the books in our formative years. We talked about them and we have this picture, this image cemented in our minds. And then you have the movies that literally visualize the characters. Oh and as you say, the only characters of color were if they were there at all, they were they were cast as evil characters. And then, of course, all the other characters, white. Um, and now comes along a series that attempts to pay attention to that, which, as we'll talk about, you know, they don't do bit. great with <laughs> it at all. But so tell us about the response on the racial piece that you saw. Oh gosh, it's like it comes across my feet, and I actually I don't even want to read it because I don't want to know all the haters, right? Just and so enjoy it. Yes. Before I think the series even premiered, there mm. was all this hate because they knew just from the trailer that there was going to be a black elf. A <laughs> A one singular, <laughs> the black elf, and will. he is. Uh, this is. Uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Um, his name is Arundir. Yes. Arundir. And he is portrayed by a Puerto Rican actor named Ismael uh, Cruz Cordova. And so apologies if I didn't get that right. <laughs> but uh, Arundir is probably the one lead. So far, he's been in all the episodes. Yes. Right. There are other characters of color, but they're not necessarily appearing in every single right. episode. Right. But Arundir, we follow his story very closely, just as we follow Galadriel, um, you know, kind of, she's kind of like doing the whatever leader stuff that she's doing. Yes. The, 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 what is she? Um, some sort of general or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he's kind of like the foot soldier. Yes. Right. Also, like, I mean, getting into trouble and um, not, but because he wants to do good. Both of them, I think, are bound by they want to do good. Yes. Right. Yes. And and they have people they care about. I think that those are things that actually, when I did my research of um, people color representation in Hollywood and TV spe specifically, mm. it's the um, it's the leads that have the relationships. That's how you can kind of tell. Because even if it's an ensemble, yep. if the person doesn't have any relationships, that means that they're pretty much kind of a, a you know an outside character, like a friendship or a romantic relationship. Either, just... either. Well, the best is if you have family, romantic, and friends. Okay, right. That's kind of like then you're fully human. Yeah, <laughs> because we all kind of do have those things, sure, right? Sure. But you don't always see that represented, mm, right? Mm. If we think about even like um, like who's a character of color that is on there that has appeared but doesn't necessarily have all of those. Yes. So in the dwarven world, uh, mm. there is Prince Durin wife princess disa yes yes so she we can see that she is i mean she's introduced kind of as the wife of right mm -hmm. even i think the talk mm -hmm. is like how did we meet in the mines yes, right because it's elrond and it's prince Durin. that's mm -hmm. the focus that's right that's right and, and she literally kind of, sit down to dinner yeah and she like no <laughs> you should come and stay for dinner <laughs> this is a very i am the wife right yeah i mean i i don't think even in that scene i realized she was a princess it's not abundantly clear. No. I don't think she's introduced as a princess. Not at wild. all. Yeah. Because the, the, the prince was mad that Elrond missed their wedding. Yes. And it wasn't like, this is a princess. It's know? not like, I love this woman. It's more like, where were you at her wedding? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 let's forgive him. So it was really about Elrond, really. Right, right. Right? Now, she Elrond. does a phenomenal job. But, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's definitely, she stands out on screen. Like, you know, this is, actors of color have to do 
amazing things with what little they're given. That's right. Right. And maybe she'll be amazing later on. I mean, even her photo actually on the site is much more regal than Mm -hmm. how she appeared Mm -hmm. in that scene. Mm -hmm. But it was just that one scene. Right. Um, but I thought she was, yeah. It, well, it's like every time a person of color comes on the screen, I'm like, there's one. There's one. You can still pick them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So It's not like, oh my gosh, all of Middle Earth is now brown. Nothing so like that. <laughs> what stuck out to me from the very first scene of the very first episode, it showed elven children in this sort of idyllic paradise. It was all green and hilly and sunny. To me, it reminded me of like a Garden of Eden kind of place where everything's absolutely then you have this sort of like almost a Cain and Abel type of situation so somebody does something you know selfish whatever but what jumped out at me in that scene was all of the children were white and blonde and and the reason that stuck out to me wasn't just the homogeneity of it all but again in that setting it's sort of set up as a time when everything was right when it was all okay and guess who's there and guess who's not there and when things go bad now we start to see some some other diversity and and variety of people mm. in there so that was the first thing so it really was confusing Ooh, to that me. messaging is dangerous <laughs> right so much so oh and then you were talking about so the elves can sort of choose to kind of go off into eternity that is this Utopia. That right? was uh, maybe the first or second episode, yes. right? Where she's like, where Galadriel is encouraged as her reward, essentially to kind of take a boat into heaven. Yeah, escape all yeah. this, get out of here. Yeah. And who's on that boat? <laughs> Just <laughs> a bunch of white elves. I would yeah. say 90% blonde. Yeah. Maybe maybe I saw one per, one elf with, with brown hair. <laughs> that was the diversity. One That's white it. elf with brown hair. <laughs> and so at these bookends of like this, you know. Garden of Eden, idyllic beginning, and then this sort of idyllic eternity. Who's there? It's still the white elves, which, by the way, gets into the black elf. He's, he's obviously got a name. We're going to call him Aaron Deer, right? <laughs> Mr. Ismail, thank you so much for your 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 great job. Um, but he's portrayed as a sylvan elf, a woodland elf. He's not at, like, sort of the mainland of of elvish society where Galadriel comes from, um, who's sort of like royalty, kind of, uh, she's commander of the Northern Armies, they call her the uh, Lady of Lorien, right? So it's almost like where she's from is where the, it's where the high elves are from. And then we have this, the one elf of color is, is a woods elf. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. You know, it, <laughs> they're just... They're not seen, uh, I mean, they're just different. They're supposed to just be different in terms of where they live, what their skills are, whatnot. Um, they're, they're but definitely there's a habits. rank there's difference. A, there's a hierarchy. Huge, huge, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Um, so all of that stood out to me. But in the meantime, there's like all these people freaking out because, oh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings has gone woke. It was such a dissonance to me. Like, are you serious? Are you seeing what we're seeing? Yep. I don't know what, I mean... When you, what are some of the other sort of racial dynamics that stuck out to you from the first three episodes? Oh gosh. So I was looking for the Asian, whatever, some somebody, right? And and I think the only regular Asian character um is this character named Theo. Mm. He is um and decided to look up. <laughs> he he looked brown to me and I looked up, he's part Indonesian. 
And I think he's like gonna be evil. <laughs> Certainly appears he's on he's that trajectory. Like Sauron's eye thing, Majig. I mean, it's just like I feel like, oh, great. You know, at first when I didn't know he was Asian, I was like, oh, the only brown kid is gonna be the future incarnation of evil. Right. And and then you find out that he's part Asian. And I'm like, oh. This is how is this different from the Peter Jackson, you know, Orcs, all yeah. the brown people are are evil. Yeah. I mean, we have Aaron Deer, who is obviously good, and we know he's gonna be good because you know his character is built out that way. But then where are you know, I think there is um his Theo's mother, yes. who is also she's uh, played by an Iranian um actor her name's Bronwyn and she um she seems to be good mm -hmm. right but she is definitely this like oh love interest right, right and mother right, right, like right. women are always this kind of like relational character right um, and um I think women of color this in this case I mean I guess Galadriel I think is very I mean she had a brother but really right. she is obviously the lead right. which I think I have to say that is progressive because um the Lord of the Rings series all the elven women were definitely playing this like right. love interest or this kind of like amorphous wise, you know, uh, being that just gives some advice, right? Exactly. So, so Kate Blanchett Galadriel has come a long way in this retelling sure. or or prequel um, reimagining, and so, but how blonde is she? It's like you know, like it's like we can we can only progress this way, but she still has to be as Aryan looking as possible, mm. right? Mm. And um, and then she has this like in the third episode, spoiler if you haven't seen it, she has this kind of love interest who is a white dude who is just like who's you know obviously who's like a king but doesn't want to be a king. I was like, is this like the same storyline from like Lord of the Rings? Didn't we already see yeah, this character? Exactly. And he was a, and he was in love with an elf woman yes. who was played by Liv Tyler. I'm like, yeah. dude. You know, you're going to spend a billion dollars, but you're going to tell the same story. And then with white characters, once again, where the central love story is going to be between two white folks. Inner species, but both white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cannot go that far, you know. Although Bronwyn and I guess Bronwyn and um, and Aaron Deer, the, yes. that, 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 that love story it, is interesting. Be, so that was what I was going to talk about next is it was so interesting to me that you have a, a black male elf character moving towards an interracial interspecies relationship with she she is a woman of color she's lighter skinned but these are just all the dynamics i'm noticing now you've got a black man with a lighter skinned woman uh you add the species part in there as well i'm like how interesting that you could only have at least at this point in the series one black elf who is interested, I mean, the main relationship in his storyline is with a woman who's who's different, right? It's, I mean, it's 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 fine, but it's just interesting. Like it's the, very common in Hollywood. Right. I feel like if there's gonna be any kind of romantic relationship that involves one person of color, the other person cannot be the same ethnicity. This, yes. Because it's it's kind of like there was a, a Master of None um episode where um where Aziz Ansari says, you know, if you have one one Indian on, on TV, it's fine. But if you have two, then it's international. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Yes. So if you have uh, two black, you know, a, a black couple, then it's like a black show, right? Right. Or, you know, or two Asians, then it's like they can't. I mean, sometimes it's possible, right? It's it's. I'm not saying it never happens, but 
in I think the quest of Hollywood to diversify, they it's like they want to have it's still tokenized, right? You have one, right? right. One. And right. if they appear, they cannot be with another one. We got to throw in another there ethnicity yes. in there. Yes. So then we can say we're really diverse, right? But as we see with Lord of the Rings, they have many, many white characters, though. In right? All kinds of roles. Yeah. Yes. Lots. So uh-huh. lots of whites doesn't make it. Yeah, I mean, it does make it a white it show. It's never <laughs> consciously. No, coded, no, right? So. Because a white show is not problematic in Hollywood because right. that has been normalized and the default, right? No one, I mean, there has been, I think we've been talking in the last episode, we talked about Oscar so white, right? So there has yeah. been, um, from the ground up, there are people of color saying, we're really tired, you know, of just having all white representation. Yeah. We want to see ourselves represent because we're like, you know, we're approaching 40% of the population. Right, you know, and like in (laughs) about 30 years, we're supposed to become the majority. Right. Right. And so Hollywood has not caught up to that. It's trying a little bit. And we're we're, and now we're talking about the kind of clumsy moves towards that. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're glad to see any progress. Right. Yes. These are ways I think that that there's nuance to it, because as I'm looking at. Um, the 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 writing room, the producers, it's a lot of the sort of same folks again who are who are white men in many cases, right? Which doesn't simply by you being in a demographic doesn't mean you can't write good stories with characters of color, but it does mean that you're gonna have to work harder. And in my experience, what I've seen is that even in their social networks, like this is where the real world impacts what we see on the screen. If your real world network is not highly diverse, right? And and sociologists like you tell us, it's not just having that one black friend. You actually have a, you have to have a network of people who are different from you in lots of different ways in order for that to really affect your worldview and, and how you say write or create a show if that's not happening and if the people who are essentially at the top in terms of producing and writing the show are still that same cast of characters we're gonna get this which you know yes i mean it's it's i I tweeted that i really am enjoying the show absolutely but and I mean and it's it's such refreshing kind of representation compared to Peter Jackson. <laughs> right. Where I mean I don't mean him in particular, but his vision, right, was very, very white. And so, but I think that, you know, like what you said about social networks, like Pew Research Center shows that white folks have very few, very, very few. Uh, people of color in their social networks, right? right? And so the hiring, so I've argued in my book that, so then the hiring networks, especially because in creative industries, it's all about who you know, right? It isn't, it isn't kind of like just free for all, like we're going to, you know, have a wide search for writers in the room. It's a lot of times they're populated by people you've worked with before and, and the people that you bring into the industry. And if you only know white folks, that's why actually writers are probably one of the least diverse groups. Mm. In Hollywood. And of mm. course, the higher you get in terms of studio executives, it gets, you know, less and less um, like underrepresented people of color. Right, right. And so I think that, uh, that so, but the beauty of a television show, though, so usually with films, you have a script, you know, screen one or two screenwriters for mm-hmm. the script, right? And sometimes they bring in people to rewrite, but it's not that many people, a handful of people, sure. but mostly just one or two. With writers, with TV shows, you have a writer's room. Yeah. So even if the showrunners are white men, 
they can certainly populate their writers' rooms Absolutely. with people of color yes. to write for. So let's have a Puerto Rican writer right for Arundir because he's played by a Puerto an Afro Latino Latino actor. Right, let's bring that very unique. I mean, I don't know how you can do it in in the uh, Lord of the Rings, right, but right. I think you can. You can get creative. I mean, yeah. it's all imagination anyway, Absolutely. right? Let's Absolutely. bring let's bring in like you know the fact that he you know comes from maybe whatever part a part of Elven world that has you know colonization. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, you can ne- you never know what recipe you can come up with unless you have the right people in the kitchen. So right. I mean, part of it is we don't know. We don't know what would come of it, but let's get them in the writers' room. And I actually don't know the composition in this particular case of of the writers. But I also think um, there's an advantage to having a series that's already picked up for multiple seasons because it can evolve. Mm -hmm. And the way they're doing the first three episodes of season one is not the way they need to do season two or three or even the last few episodes of season one. So. I'm wondering if there there might be some really robust expansion of absolutely the, not just the number of characters. We're not just talking about that. We're talking about the complexity of mm-hmm. the characters, what they're what opportunities they're given on yes. screen. So I really do think, you know, these could be the first steps to what could end up being a really brisk pace setting kind of a series for representation on screen. I mean, that's my hope. Yes, and because, and that's the kind of, again, the beauty of social media and also like the the fact that studios can hear from us directly. And yes, five seasons. I mean, how about by the fifth season, let's see Aaron Deere in the same ranks as Galadriel. They better cross paths. That's what I'm saying, you know? No doubt, no doubt. doubt. (laughs) They better cross paths. And and maybe there could even be a romance. I don't know. It doesn't have to be that. No, no, no. Let's get get another brown elf in there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or perhaps, you know, Bronwyn. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm I'm totally fine with this kind of interspecies explorations as well. Because I think it's... It, it can be a metaphor for, you know, interracial, right. um, you know, um, the kind of anti-miscegenation laws, right, that this country has had. And so all those things can be explored through this. And, you know, I think, and, and of course, it's like, how is he going to navigate having maybe a stepson who is uh, thing, uh, the very thing that they're trying to fight? I have no that, idea, right, how that's that. going to be, be happening. But I think that the growth potential, though, what you said, yes, is absolutely there. And I think that's why everyone should share this video or talk about it yourself, <laughs> right? Talk about how we want to see our own dear, um, you know, kind of expand, you know, and yeah. be and be and have an arc over over the years. I want to see him. I want to see him get, get go up in the ranks because he's doing some brave stuff right now. He just like this last episode, he really tried to save the entire Elven slave Boy, uh, like, almost, component. Yeah, he was he was doing his Harriet Tubman thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> out, boy. And then he sacrificed himself to stay in in prison and I didn't even make it. I'm so heartbreaking, but I love it because it's like showing that the odds are really stacked against them, and the orcs are formidable. They're formidable once again, and the evil is growing. So, so we're we're. I feel like we should say this because folks always take it the wrong way. We're coming at this as um, people who appreciate the series. Like I told, I, I I said in my initial remarks, the challenge with a series like The Rings of Power is to capture that big screen 
epic feel and not even just the screen because it's coming from a book. So you've got so much canonical material to honor, but you've also got the reputation and success of the books and the movies to try to recapture in some ways. Now you're doing it on us on, on the small screen and through multiple series, the multiple episodes and seasons. What I said from the jump is they did that within the first few seconds, right? Yes, Just so good. Sweeping landscapes, beautiful colors, the music, the costumes, like um, immediately you're transported into the second age of middle earth. Like That's how did I get here? I don't know. Let's, let's find out what's yeah. going on. Um, it is, I think it's a fantastic concept to use the Tolkien called it the appendix, um, which, which mm -hmm. sort of mapped out in broad strokes, what we're seeing now. I mean, it, if you were going to go anywhere with the franchise, this makes all the sense in the world mm -hmm. and it's super exciting and intriguing. So, I mean, we just, we're coming as appreciators of it, but we do have this lens of race. And I want to talk about at least one more character, uh, the, the queen in the, the human realm of Noor, Numenor. Numenor, yes. <laughs> this really interesting island that has this kind of, it's divided. It's kind of like our country. It's divided. <laughs> there are pro-elves and anti-elves. And apparently the pro-elf king was recently deposed. Right. So it is this kind of, oh, that sounds like, I hope that's not a representation of some other former leader. <laughs> so anyway, um, but anyhow, this, this divided country and then the queen is black and she is the anti-elf. And in this story, the elves are the heroes, right? right. I, I think so far I have not seen so evil elf at all. Uh, maybe elves that are political, right? Yes. But overall, the elves seem to be the saviors of the story. And so to have a black queen who's anti-elf and possibly scheming this last, mm -hmm. you know, they had there was kind of a, uh, she was talking to someone saying the elf has arrived, like dun, dun, dun. Meaning she doesn't like elves, right? right. And right. and whoever she's talking to, you know, uh, there's all these shadowy figures that that lead you. You're like, who is that shadow? Who's that figure in the shadows? I want to know, right? <laughs> it's always someone evil. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, yeah, it, it rubs me the wrong way that you know when we have the the one mixed Asian kid Theo who is the heir apparent to Sauron, and then a black human queen, right, who is anti elf. It's like. You know, which is are, th are they are they falling back into the trope of yes. they can only be the sort of evil? You're uh, worried. I'm worried because you character. cannot help but worry because we're so used to that kind of story. The other thing I'm worried about is um, killing off the characters <gasps> yes. of color. Right? We yes, know some yes, folks yes. are going to die. So I don't, <laughs> how long is Aaron Deer going to last? I'm just saying. No, he you better know? last till last of the season. If he he's uh, got to because he is really the only lead of color. <laughs> Everybody else, like even the queen, the two, the queen and the princess of the dwarves, right? They're both like they appear and then, but they're not on every episode. You're right. not following their adventure. Right. You're right. following right. Arundir's adventure and right. you're following Galadriel's adventure, right? right? And now the 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 human love interest of Galadriel, what is he? What is he? Oh, that 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 the dude. The the dude, he, I can't even I can't even find him. Who is he? <laughs> anyway, the 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 apparently the king, right? Uh, king of the Southlands folks, right? Oh, Southlander. He must be under Southlanders. Yeah, yeah. He's under. He is Hellbrand, Hellbrand. He is a low, low man of the 
I don't, they just like randomly put that. Is that like, like Netherlands, like lowlands or like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like South Carolina, you know, low country. You know what? They have these terms. They are European in, in like. That would make sense. Origin. Sure. Sure. And so that makes Maybe sense that like people Scottish. are like, we want our white, but you know, Europe isn't even white. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, right. We have, <laughs> we have. Shake them up too much. <laughs> Europe is not white. Europe is diverse as well. Right. And so I think we need to not associate certain, you know, certain countries or certain origins with only certain races. Yeah. And, and look, uh, Tolkien wrote this, I want to say in the forties, like around world war two, uh, <laughs> there's been there's a lot that's happened since then. There's a lot of awareness that most of the people of color have brought to this to to the screen, to our society and culture. So the point being, if he wrote this, you know, more than half a century ago, can the story evolve in 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 terms of how we portray characters? Right. That's right. It, we don't have to remain like ossified in this one era of human history because this is where again sort of the real world impacts the fantasy world like he's in europe writing as a white man obviously his networks are pretty homogenous right so does that always have to be the case is 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 part of the problem so and this is fantasy this is fantasy and this representation through film and television that could be someone else's vision i think about bridgerton Ah. Right. With Shonda Rhimes. Right. We have a black female creator who is taking this kind of beloved Jane Austenian, you know, um, very kind of, I think, traditionally white as well, because it took place in England during a certain era. But this reimagining has blown up, blown up. People love it. Yes. People love, you know, uh, Regis Jean Page. I mean. Listen, <laughs> I I only watched for him. No, I mean, it was, it was a great, but I could not stop. I, I watched because I was curious and then I could not stop right, watching right. because he is probably the most beautiful person I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> Actually, I really like uh, Ismael as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is an elf that I could like, you know, really get behind <laughs> because yeah, Galadriel, I've seen that already. That's the thing. There's also this newness and freshness that people of color bring to an, to us to kind of a visualization that's like so there's some people that are like oh we want tradition we don't want things to change but i'm one of like i don't want to see the same old thing like mm. i succession is popular mm. i've seen a few episodes i'm like ah i'm just i'm not interested in the story you know i yeah. want is i've seen I've, I've watched rich white people all of my life in some capacity right i feel like i woke up with uh what was that reality show it was like Something of rich and lives of the rich and famous, yeah, or something, of the rich and yeah, famous. yeah, uh-huh. like champagne dreams and caviar, something. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my life, I've grown up with this fantasy or this ideal, right? And it's not, it's not a reality for me, you know, right? right. And also, I don't feel comfortable around people like that because they usually don't like me because they're, mm. you know, they mm. might be racist. Um, and so, all of that, like, to say that I think. I love fantasy. I grew up reading yeah. so much fantasy, so much sci-fi, because I wanted to dream that there could be a different world than the one that I'm living in. And now we actually have the opportunity to help build that world. And 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 as people, as consumers of this show, you know, asking for it, right? 
And I wonder with the backlash that we've seen, because it seems so, you know, contrived almost. Like, Mm. I wonder how much of this is genuine outrage? Like, to your point, it is... It, it kind of holds a sacred place in the memories of a lot of people. So they don't want to mess with that. But I also think there are some dudes just sitting on their laptop being like, ah, let me type this. I know this is going to tick them off, you know, and just kind of want to throw a grenade in or throw some red meat out just to kind of stir up. Well, it's kind of like the anti-CRT movement. People don't really know what that is, but just the suggestion yes. of some people might not have even seen the series, but the suggestion Good. that it's woke. Good. And then they see the advertisement or they see one episode, you know, with with the one black elf, then they're like, oh well, elves are only white in our minds. And they don't necessarily actually watch and see that. Hey, majority of the elves are blonde. Right. You, you, you get exactly have. what you want. <laughs> No deviation from your fantasy. You're still kings of the castle and queens <laughs> that's of the right, castle. That's right. Yeah. You're going to feel good. It's going to make you feel absolutely included yeah, and that you belong. color out to fight for you. You know, whatever. That's right. It totally fits into, I think, it's actually not the hierarchy. Disrupting. Not disruptive. <laughs> but still, like, hopeful. One for, is too much. For, yeah. That's right. But for us, it's like when there was none, yes, we celebrate. But we don't want to celebrate to the point where it's like, um, this is it, right? Because right, this is right, not it. Right. It's not it, and I think, like the folks who are who are who are really trying to make a big deal about having any people of color here, right? Like, one, I bet they still watching, like, or they're not, because even mm. from a business standpoint, I think you stand to gain a lot more than you have to lose. Like, if for some reason, you know, writers, producers are hearing the trolls Mm. this is a no-brainer because your options are make the show white and maybe even whiter by either adding more characters or killing off characters of color yes which was what we're fearful yeah we don't want that don't kill any of the characters (laughs) amazon please don't kill any of them off yeah um and please develop theo not just purely evil that's good that's good (laughs) The other alternative is you actually lean into this and say, you know what? It is a sci-fi fantasy world. We can create within sort of the Tolkien world. We have a lot of actual latitude and ability to branch out. And then what that does is it brings in people like us who say, okay, I can see, I can see myself represented in a nuanced way through multiple relationships, multiple Mm -hmm. roles good dialogue, all of that stuff, you will bring in far more people than who walk away because the show got too woke. Come on. I'm just saying from, you want this, you're going to spend a billion dollars on a series. You want as many viewers as you want. And I'm just saying that the way to go is not to listen to the trolls who are crying out, the show is woke and you, you might lose a handful of those people. But what you stand to gain is this brand new audience uh, who never thought Lord of the Rings was for them. And now it is. Yes. And there's so many there's so many people of color that I know that love Lord of the Rings. We watched even though it was all white. (laughs) (laughs) We ride or die. Yes. Yes. But I think to so far, you know, I'm excited to see people of color. Um, I want to see more women of color represented in more primary roles 
And I think that there's room for that. And yeah, because there's so many more stories to be told, right, in this world. Yes, and, absolutely. And just bringing in um, people that we haven't seen before, because there is that freshness. I, I still believe in that, yes. you know, that freshness. And, 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 and I also think about like, you know, there's fantasies in other cultures, Right. Like there's I because right now with Netflix and with Amazon, you, you have access to dramas from other countries. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Taiwan with so much fantasy. There's so many, actually thousands. Talk about we're thinking about Tokyo being, you know, thinking about Middle Earth. There are thousands of years of ancient history in Asia alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I was recently watching, oh gosh, I was watching Thor, Love and Thunder. You know, yeah. all the Marvels are all fantasy, right? They they went, he went to this god council, yep. and there was this bow, Lord of Dumplings, you know, a god of dumplings. Hilarious, right? <laughs> Hilarious. But is that how you only see Asians as our food? Because like there are over, I think I looked up 200 million gods in just Hinduism no alone. Way. Wow. <laughs> Millions wow. of gods. And so if we're okay. going to invoke the fantasy world, there's so much in Asia because it's a va- these are old, ancient cultures. They got a lot to draw from. Yeah. So and same thing with, you know, the continent of Africa and same thing with all the indigenous, you know, Pacific Absolutely. Islander and and out there. We have a lot of myths. And so fantasy doesn't just belong to Europeans, oh right? Gracious. And I'm not saying fantasy, like religion isn't fantasy, but like, right. but there are, um, I mean, a lot of this is also coming out of religion, right? We know Tokyo is coming out of Christianity, but a lot of even the Marvel comic, you know, c- cinematic universe, a lot of those Greek gods, those were gods that were worshipped at one point, Absolutely. right? So yeah. if we're going to do more fantasy, let's let's expand that fantasy especially since we're kind of done i think we've done and overdone the european myths yeah because now we're recycling we totally are recycling right (laughs) and so there are other cultures and it's such a great point to make in the era of streaming because there's so much more content that needs to be generated well now it's time to expand and tell stories from other people groups other cultures other traditions so again and only make a business sense if you want to do if that's the only thing that's going to persuade you and not the moral <laughs> and ethical implications of all of this you have such um a vast array of source material that you can draw on when you branch out between the beyond the US and beyond Europe so we're only 3 episodes in and we've already got this much to talk about i cannot wait to see how this series evolves i'm glued to the tv every week when the new episode drops and Hopefully we'll we'll keep talking about it. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) All right. We'll see y'all perhaps next week with a new episode drop. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bao's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bao's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.